When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, how does this sound? Good? Perhaps? We like it. We love it. We love to see it. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted with your host, the only person on the set (laughs) besides Reese Peanut Butter Cup Nugget Woods. This is Taylor. Hi, how are you? I think I like to pretend that I'm on my own radio show because it's always been one of those weird secret dreams of mine that I'd love to host my own radio show. And now with my own podcast, it kind of feels like a little mini version of that dream coming to fruition, except this is completely unsolicited. Nobody asked me to host anything. I did this on my own and you didn't even want this, but here I am giving you this content. So hi, how are you? It is a Friday for me, which puts me in a great mood. Perhaps it's Monday for you when this podcast is going live. Perhaps you're just enjoying this any day of the year, to which I say, I love you. I'm in a little bit of a weird mood if I'm being quite honest, because Fridays for me tend to be a little bit heavy loaded. And I try and get a lot of my filming done for YouTube on Fridays. And I also try and record the podcast on Fridays. Did I intend to give myself that much pressure all in one day? Apparently so. Is it the best plan ever? Absolutely not. But here we are kind of just dealing with what we have. And I also don't think it's the best plan of action because Fridays for everybody else are Fridays. It's the time to hang out. It's the time to have fun. Obviously, in quarantine, things are a little bit different. But nonetheless, people still have that TGIF kind of feeling. And here I am thinking, thank God I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I mean, I try not to, but I do get myself a little bit worked up. I just get stressed about completing everything because I just want everything to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist. I hate to admit it, but I totally am. And I hate that I would just let myself get so worked up about everything not being perfect. So I try and calm myself down, but here we are. And honestly, doing the podcast has become the highlight of my week because it kind of feels like a free little venting session between you and me. And that's the coolest part about this. I just love the style of podcasting. I love how relaxed it is. I love podcasts myself. So hopefully you enjoy consuming this podcast let me know if you don't. I love hearing your feedback. I'm always open to suggestions and I always want this to be a two-way street because otherwise I'm just the weird girl sitting on the floor with a microphone talking to nobody and I'd really like this to be a two-way dialogue. I don't want to ramble too much right now because this is a really, really big topic and You know, I kind of debated talking about this a little bit later in the podcast because I kind of feel like this episode is really important to me and it's something that can't be dialed down in just a few minutes. It's a very lengthy story. I mean, my fitness journey encompasses my entire life. It's not something I can cover so easily in just a short amount of time. But you know what? It kind of sets a good tone for the podcast, if I'm being quite honest. I have a lot of things to share. I have a lot of things to say. And hopefully it will be quite interesting for you to hear about. I don't even know how streamlined this will be, but I'll try and just start from the beginning of the first time that I really remember diving into health. 
fitness, whatever you want to call this. I want to share all of these important details of my fitness journey with you because a lot of times when you maybe subscribe to me on YouTube or you follow me on Instagram, you're only seeing, of course, a snapshot of my life or maybe it's just a highlight reel. And there's so much more that goes behind the scenes of my entire life. I mean, this has been a 23 year long process and I'm not even finished yet, of course. So growing up as a kid, I was always in sports. I was never the sportiest, but I was always sporty. Does that make sense? Like I was never the top athlete. I was never the top star on any team I was ever on. I was good, sure, maybe because I put in the work or maybe because I was good at it. I'm not sure. But I was never the top athlete by any means on any team I was ever a part of. But I really liked doing sports. It was something that my parents threw me into when I was a little girl, which I'm very thankful for. I started in gymnastics when I was an itty little bitty. (laughs) I started in gymnastics when I was a little itty bitty. And I think a lot of kids start in gymnastics when they're little because it's kind of a good way of just getting your kid moving and probably gets out a lot of energy. Who really knows? But I started in that for a little bit. And then I think maybe my parents just kind of came to this realization that, you know, Taylor, you, you're ambitious, you are determined, and you like, you like athletics, but you just aren't um, as graceful as maybe some of the other gymnasts on the mat. So they made the conscious decision of putting me on the soccer field. Great decision on their part. Soccer was a really good sport for me. Other than the fact that I just loved to gossip on the field, like that was kind of my MO when I was four years old. I would talk to my friends. We would put the ball in the other goal. Like we were just not really all about the sport. We were more about having fun. That's always been my MO. I'm just out here trying to have a good time. But I pretty much played soccer for most of my elementary school days. So up until I want to say the fifth grade. Then, and I don't even know how or when or why, I got this idea in my head that I wanted to start getting back into gymnastics. Can I say that properly? Getting back into gymnastics and then eventually moving into cheerleading. It was kind of interesting at the time too, because looking back, literally, I would say 90% of my friend group and your elementary friend group, at least for me, was massive. So it was a lot of people were all doing gymnastics or cheerleading together. We were even at the same gyms. We were carpooling together. Like there was a mass group of us that were all doing cheerleading together. So maybe it was kind of one of those, my friend is doing it. So therefore I want to do it too kind of thing. But either way, I got myself into gymnastics Then I moved over to cheer and I fell in love with it. I cheered from, I believe, the sixth grade all the way up through high school. I think my junior year in high school. And all this time, I was just loving what I was doing. I felt like there was never a point where I would look at my body and think, gosh, I'm not where I want to be, or I'm not pushing myself hard enough, or I want to look like this. I was just kind of enjoying my life. I was playing sports. I was having a good time. And maybe... I really do think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't Twitter really, there wasn't social media in general when I was that young. So maybe my 12-year-old brain just didn't have as many people to compare myself to because I didn't have that kind of exposure at that age. But I was reading magazines or of course, you know, you watch Hannah Montana, all that kind of stuff. So like I saw people on the TV, but I just never really had that thought of I want to look like somebody else. I was just happy being Taylor. So when I got to high school, I was a part of our competitive high school cheerleading team. And our team was really unique in that competition was kind of the main aspect of the team. And then cheering on the sidelines for basketball, football, whatever was kind of secondary. So I actually thought that was really cool because it was going to challenge me in a lot of ways. It was going to push me 
so darn hard, like in regards to conditioning and just getting in shape. I don't think I've ever been in better shape than when I did cheerleading hands down. But it was really, really, really hard on me. And I think that was probably the first time in my life where I realized how much work I need to put into things, how I just was not the best. I think my first year on the team, or at least the first half of the year, I was what was called an alternate, which basically meant that I wasn't the main, I don't know, maybe 15 group of girls that was going to get to go compete at our big national competition. And that was kind of like that first moment where I'm like, shoot, people are pushing themselves more than I am. This is not good. I need to step up my game. And I did. And I ended up eventually getting onto the main squad. And that was really, really cool. But I think in a lot of ways, as grateful as I am for cheer and as many happy, like bright, warm memories it brings me, at the same time, I think it started to kind of infiltrate this little bit of a toxic mindset in my head because I started to look at all of the people around me in their little tiny bodies and these little flyers getting thrown up into the air. And before I keep going, I actually do want to give a little bit of a trigger warning just because this could be a really sensitive topic as I'm going to be talking about body issues. I don't specifically remember my coaches ever making us weigh ourselves at practice. I know that some other teams had to do that, but I remember having to track what I was eating. I remember our coaches dictating what things were purchased at the grocery store when we would go on quote unquote business trips or competition trips, however you want to put it. I remember going to Subway with my mom after a practice and I saw my coach coming in the door after I was finished ordering and I was petrified that he was going to see what I just ordered off the menu and I was going to get railed on for ordering something that wasn't healthy enough. I just remember feeling so self-conscious about what I was eating. And I don't remember ever feeling like that in my life until my high school cheer experience. I guess it's kind of this weird thing where cheer holds this really strange memory in my mind where I was so happy with so many amazing friends and such a good team. And I really did have good coaches at the end of the day. But then there's this other half of it that kind of I think created this toxic mindset of I need to look like this, I need to eat like this, I need to track how I'm eating, etc, etc, etc. And I think I got to a point where I just couldn't really take it anymore. And I think there's probably a whole nother list of reasons as to why I got to this point. But I ended up eventually quitting my high school cheer team, I believe right before my junior year. And this was a really, really hard decision. I I'm still not exactly sure if it was even the right thing to do, even looking back now, but it was the first time I remember in my entire life not being active, not actively trying to work out. I was honestly letting myself go because I think I'd gotten to the point where I resented cheer so much and working out became associated with my cheerleading experience. So having that association with all these bad experiences had me resenting my health, had me resenting fitness, doing pretty much anything physical. And I got to a point where I would go to school, come home, eat a whole bunch of food, do nothing all night, and then repeat. And it was just a really, really bad period where I was not prioritizing my health whatsoever. It was not until the summer after I graduated from high school that I recognized that something needs to be changed. I even remember this one specific time where me and my friends went on this beach camping trip and we were in this cute little town right near San Luis Obispo and I was absolutely mortified the entire time because I just felt like 
I was not confident in myself. I couldn't be seen in a bikini. I couldn't walk down the beach without people staring at me because how could I look the way that I look? Like I just thought so negatively of myself. And there's these pictures that I have from that camping trip that I am just mortified by because it was the first time where I kind of woke up and realized what in the heck am I doing? Like I have just put my body on the back burner. I have not focused on my health, my nutrition, whatever. I was drinking way too much. I was not focusing on any fruits and vegetables. Like there was just no prioritization of anything related to fitness. And I kind of woke up to this moment where I'm like, I'm about to go off to college. I'm going to be meeting a whole new pool of people. They've never met me before. This is kind of my time to take some ownership of my life, get myself back in shape and just do the damn thing. So somehow I ended up going onto Instagram and finding Kayla It Scenes and she has her infamous bikini body guide. And I thought this was going to be my one-way ticket to freedom of body confidence. Like this was going to be my end-all be-all. And I did this program all summer long. If you're not familiar with the program, it is 28-minute workouts that you do, I think three or four times a week. And they're so darn hard. They're so freaking hard, but it's because they work. They're full hit workout, so you have 28 minutes of pushing yourself, pushing yourself, but all of that hard work just ends up paying off in the end. I just remember that full summer. It was my only priority. It was the only thing I was concerned about. The minute I would wake up in the morning, I would be thinking about the workout, and if I didn't get it done right away, all I would think about was, when will I have time to do my workout? When will I have time? And it kind of actually ended up being a little bit toxic because I ended up resenting those workouts so much because I wasn't doing the workouts for me. Even though I was telling myself it's time to take ownership of my life, in the end, I was doing it because I wanted to impress people in college. That was my end goal. I knew that in my head and I wasn't working out for Taylor. I was working out to look better for other people and that's ultimately why it still never really worked for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. These workouts really do work and I think if I was in a better mindset then I could have done them much longer. I could have kept up with the program. I could have seen longer lasting results. And in the immediate future, I definitely did. I mean, that was the first time I remember even putting on a pair of jean shorts and being confident enough to walk down the street. Like that was where I was finally at. But because I was not doing these workouts for myself, I had put other people before myself. I ended up burning out and I quickly got to college. And even though I had lost a significant amount of weight, I got into the infamous freshman 15. I was drinking more than I was ever used to. I really just wanted to have fun. And whether that meant eating a whole pizza with my friends on a Friday or Saturday night, or whether that meant just getting an extra scoop of ice cream in our open cafeteria. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. We had a full cafeteria at our school where you could walk in, swipe your card, and get anything that you want. There is no limitations. There is nobody watching you. There is nobody there to kick you out. You could stay in there for the entire day if you really wanted to, and you could just keep eating and eating and eating. I remember every single night for dinner, I would have a full meal, probably grab another plate, and then end the night with a bowl of Lucky Charms every single night. Why did I need a ginormous bowl of cereal? Just because it was right in front of me. Like there was literally no other reason. I mean, it was just kind of like a recipe for disaster if I'm really thinking about it. Like I was away from home for the first time. I had a full cafeteria at my fingertips with absolutely no limitations. 
I was working out pretty sparingly because I would rather prioritize meeting up with friends or, you know, even studying for a test over going to the gym. So honestly, all of that progress that I spent all summer long doing just kind of went backwards. Is that a gross sound to hear on a podcast? Probably. But either way, it was just not good for me. And I didn't really wake up from that freshman 15 fever dream, whatever we want to call it, until I would say realistically my sophomore year. And a specific moment that I remember is the first time I got into weightlifting. Now, this was really, really big for me because I thought all of my life, the typical stigma that you hear about weightlifting, it's going to make you bulky. It's going to make you big. It's not going to work for you. It only works for men, blah, blah, blah. So I always steered clear away from it. But right around this time was kind of when there was this growth of fitness influencers on Instagram, on YouTube, etc. Kind of like the prime time of Whitney Simmons, Nikki Blackadder, Grace Beverly, etc., etc. All these Gymshark athletes that are just kind of coming out of nowhere. There's all of these really powerful women that for the first time are telling you, don't be afraid of using weights. Like get yourself into the gym. Go to the weight section. It's going to pay off for you. And at this point... I was not really working out that much. I was sick and tired of my body. I was just not happy with myself anymore. And I finally said, I need to do this for me. I need to get myself back into the gym. I need to be in shape. I'm tired of not prioritizing my health. I'm tired of feeling out of shape. I'm tired of feeling like I can't go in a public scene without feeling self-conscious about wearing a dress because my legs would be showing. Like that was where I was at. And January of 2017, I think, Grace Beverly, who was formerly Grace Fit UK, also formerly and currently one of my biggest idols, she released her Grace Fit Guide, which was her program for weightlifting. And I remember being her absolute biggest fan. And I really still am. I think she's an amazing woman. She is the coolest entrepreneur I've ever heard of. She's my age, so she's just really relatable. And I just think that she's downright the coolest person in the whole world. But she came out with this program that was basically, you know, how you can get into the gym, beginner friendly, step by step introduction to getting fit using weights. And I distinctly remember driving in the car with Keith, seeing this announcement on her Instagram that she was coming out with the Grace Fit Guide and saying to Keith, I'm going to do this. I need to do this for myself. I'm tired of feeling hopeless and just like asking for pity almost. I was just tired of that. I'm going to do this guide. So I purchased the guide and I started it the minute that we got back to school from winter break. And honestly, this was a really, really good time for me. And if I think back on it, it's always with fond and admirable memories because first and foremost, I finally did something that I said I was going to do and I stuck to it. I did her entire program. I loved every second of it, and I finally got myself introduced to weights in the gym. I learned so darn much from this guide. I would still even recommend it to anybody who wants to get into the gym today, but I was just so invested in this because it finally felt like I was finding something that was going to work for me. I would get up every single day at six o'clock in the morning, rain, shine, snow, freezing cold Spokane weather, Every single day to go to the gym, I would walk on the treadmill to give myself a little bit of courage. I would go downstairs to our little weight section. I would just basically put on blinders and tell myself that the boys in there, they didn't care. They didn't know who I was. Like I just had this full kind of like, don't think about anybody else in the gym, Taylor, other than you. That's what you're there for. And honestly, it ended up 
somehow working for me because that was another huge fear of mine being around so many people in the gym like that's terrifying especially like these big huge muscular men and here I am like this little scrawny I don't know how to pick up a barbell kind of girl but you know what that's how you learn everybody has to start at some point and they all started at one point too so I continually told myself that we are all beginners at one point and it's going to be okay and honestly it was the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keep for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand one of the coolest benefits of doing this program was that when you first initially lift weights, and I could say this wrong because I kind of forget, but when you first initially start lifting weights, you kind of have this weird advantage that you never really will get again. And it's basically where you can lose fat at the same time that you're building muscle. I forget the term that, you know, the weightlifting community uses for it, but it's kind of this weird beginner perk, if you will, where you're basically getting this super advantageous benefit of losing fat at the same time that you're building muscle. But because I was a beginner, I was seeing those perks. So it kind of felt like I was seeing really quick, really fast results, which looking back is actually so darn cool because I felt like even in the moment too, it was a better motivator for me because what better way to continue with the program than seeing physical results with yourself and I even had a goal in my mind because Keith and I had plans to go to Puerto Vallarta where his dad is from and I was like, heck yes, like we're going to be going on vacation. That means I have to be in a good mindset to be wearing a bikini and just feel confident. And it was neat having a goal that I could push for. So not only did I have this program that I really wanted to finish, but also I had three months to try and just feel better about myself. And I did. I really did. I felt good. I felt happy in Mexico. I felt like I was finally just happier, if I can put it into such a simple word. And I would say that this lasted for maybe a few more months after that. But I kind of think that my gung-ho attitude of going all in and waking up at six in the morning and devoting so much of my time to the gym, because truly that's what it became. It became gym first, school and friends second that at some point, I just probably got sick of it. I didn't know what to do with myself anymore because I just got tired. I got tired of waking up at six in the morning. I got tired of feeling like I need to continually convince myself that I am good enough to be in the weight section. I got tired of just not having that fun, easy breezy lifestyle that I had my freshman year where I just prioritized junk food and all those things just became too overwhelming for me and I burnt myself out. So naturally, I regressed physically. I lost a lot of the progress that I had built for myself. But in a weird way, I do think that it was actually so important for me to take a step back and actually start to establish a better foundation. And I needed to start fresh with a better relationship with food, a better relationship with working out, and honestly, finding a balance that was going to work for me. Because whatever I was doing, either absolutely nothing or 400%, because that's pretty much where I was at, it was all or nothing. It wasn't working for me. So I needed to find something new. I needed to start over from the beginning, strip myself down to the core and say, how the heck can we have a better relationship with my fitness journey? Flash forward to my senior year of college after I had spent a lot of time just unsuccessfully trying to find balance that just was not working for me. Keith and I enroll 
in an off-campus spin class, which ended up being the coolest thing of my entire life. Basically, we were able to enroll in a course at our college where we were given credits to take spin classes and TRX classes at a local spin and TRX studio, which was the best class, obviously, that I've ever taken and the best decision of my entire life. I'm mad at myself to this day that I never took that class earlier. I could have taken it as a freshman, but I waited until my last semester as a senior. But we don't need to focus on that. (laughs) But either way, it was the coolest class because I was never into spin. I was never into TRX. I just always kind of thought it was a little bit too... I don't know how to put this. Like, it felt like everybody that was in spin was just maybe exclusive is the right word. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it's almost like a lot of people that go to Soul Cycle every single day. It's kind of like this huge, massive following that feels really intimidating as an outsider. And if you're not a Soul Cyclist, then you feel like you're an outsider. And I just always kind of had that full mindset with cycling in general. I just never really got into it. I didn't know how to get into it because I felt intimidated that I didn't look like the other people in the spin class. So I just never really tried it until I had to do this class senior year. So here I was doing this class, which truly was a class, meaning that I actually had to go and work out for X amount of times in the semester or I was going to fail the class. So it was a good motivation to continue to work out, but also it was just a fun time. Bottom line, I absolutely fell in love with it. I ended up becoming a TRX obsessor. I was so obsessed with it. Keith and I would go to the same class every single Friday at 9.30 a.m. with our favorite instructor, Destiny, because she was the best and we were going to push each other towards our goals. And it was just an amazing environment. And I never felt that up until that moment. I never understood spin studios. I never understood group fitness until, honestly, that semester. And it did such good things for me because I had that motivation of going to class because it was a credit and I had to pass the class. But also... I had this really great goal of getting in shape for our WCC tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. I don't know why I said Las Vegas, Nevada, as if there's another Las Vegas. But it was a really good motivator for me because basically our entire senior class and even some of the junior class plans to go to Vegas every single year to go to our basketball tournament. And when I say our entire senior class, I really do mean hundreds of people. Of course, not everybody goes, but it is a really big deal. And even though we were going for basketball, at the end of the day, we were still going to be going out to the nightclubs. We still had a pool party in there. So it was another great goal for me to look forward to and to push myself and motivate myself to achieve a better body confidence by that time. I guess the reason that I'm mentioning all of these kind of little stories or these little details is because they were so important to me at the time. And everything in my life, it felt like was revolved around looking good for somebody else. I was trying to look good for an event like Vegas because there was going to be other people there and I wanted to look good for them. Even going back to me doing Bikini Body Guide, BBG, right before college, I wanted to look good for other people at school. It wasn't ever for me. And until I realized I need to take my health journey, my, M-Y, my, Taylor, Taylor Woods, health journey into consideration for me, I wasn't going to ever see sustainable progress. I was always going to be doing something for somebody else. It was always going to be this teeter-totter of working towards your goals, but never really achieving them because nothing was going to be sustainable. It didn't make sense for me to push myself so darn hard waking up at six in the morning to go to the gym or going to a fitness class every single day because then I would just end up burning out and that was kind of the end of that. 
it was never sustainable. It was never for me. And my mind was just not in the right place. And let me tell you, like, I don't have it all figured out, quite obviously. And it's going to be something that is going to probably take me a while to fully recognize what works for me, what I can do to better myself. But that's the biggest thing. It needs to be about me. I need to be focusing on me. I can't be pushing myself to reach goals for other people or to look good for somebody else. I want to do this for my health, for my prosperity, my life. Like having a fitness journey that is with the ultimate goal of living a healthy lifestyle, to have a healthy body that carries me through the world. Like that is my goal. That is what I want. And you know what? If I end up looking good in the process, then heck, that's amazing. But I cannot do it for anybody other than Taylor. Let's whip out your questions because I've been yapping for quite some time and there's so much that I can still yap on about, but honestly, your questions make my whole entire day. So I'm going to pull them up because this is the most fun part. How can you push yourself to do it when you don't see results and when you can't be asked? I feel like something that always helps me when I'm just not feeling motivated is honestly to get myself almost like prepped. So if I am feeling like a complete slug that day and all I want to do is lay in bed and just do absolutely nothing, I kind of convince myself, okay, first thing I need to do is change into workout clothes because if I'm already in workout clothes, then shoot, I'm going to feel really bad if I don't actually end up working out, but I've already put on my workout clothes, then I just feel like a little weenie. So I get myself ready. Like I'll put on my workout clothes. Maybe I'll do my little skincare or kind of prep myself. Maybe I'll turn on a podcast. Don't get it twisted as a great option. <laughs> totally kidding. I don't listen to my own podcast. That's freaking weird. I will turn on like a really motivational playlist. Like maybe it's just something that's going to get me into a good mood. Maybe it's something that's going to almost like pump up my adrenaline. Some people like to take supplements. You know, if you want to take pre-workout or even coffee is technically considered a supplement. Things like that get me into a really good mindset where I'm just feeling a lot more ready or even I'll have like a little bit of food or something so I'm getting energy so I'm feeling like I can fuel myself throughout my workout. That's ways I can just kind of get myself up and push myself when I know that I'm just not in the mood to do it whatsoever. And I always tell myself too, I will literally never regret it. I will never regret getting up to work out. I will never regret going outside, going for a walk, like doing things that are going to be good for me in the moment. You're, maybe sometimes you don't enjoy it because it's really hard or you're pushing yourself. But afterwards, I could literally never remember a time where I regretted working out. And as far as results go, I think something that's really important for me is taking progress pictures. I try not to step on the scale all that often just because sometimes I feel like I can just get really hooked onto numbers and that can be detrimental to my mindset. But seeing pictures can help me know if I'm making any sort of progress or not. And maybe if I'm feeling like I've just kind of hit a plateau, then maybe I'll start to kind of evaluate, am I pushing myself hard enough? Are my workouts hard enough? Am I eating well? Am I actually eating well? You know, like when you tell yourself you're eating well, but then you remember like, oh heck, I didn't really eat that well. I kind of go through those things in my mind and just kind of evaluate like how I can be more real with myself. What is your favorite workout? Honestly, my favorite workout of all time is 12 through 30 on the treadmill. I think I talked about this on my last podcast, but I swear by it. I literally have done it ever since the gym has opened up from quarantine. Every time I'm there, it's kind of my go-to. It feels like the easiest thing in your mind because all you're going to be doing is walking on a treadmill for 30 minutes at an incline of 12 at a miles per hour of three. Does that make sense? But it gets me. It works. I feel so good about it. And I feel like it's just something that I can consistently do. And it feels mindless, which makes me more excited to do it, if that makes sense. 
how long do you typically work out per day? What are your current fitness goals? Typically per day, it just kind of depends on what my schedule is. I try not to revolve my life around working out as unrealistic as that might sound based on my social media presence. I promise this is not my whole entire life. But for the most part, I would say minimum for me, like a good workout would be 30 minutes long. Maximum would be if I'm weightlifting, like maybe an hour and 20 minutes, but that already feels so darn long. So honestly, a good sweet spot for me is about 45 minutes. I usually feel like I push myself enough, but I realize sometimes like if I'm at the gym for over an hour, how hard am I really pushing myself? Like, am I really maxing out my reps? Am I really putting as much weight on as I can? Or am I just there to count the minutes? Like, let's be real with myself. And my current fitness goals, at least right now, I am just trying to, I don't know, I guess going back to like the theme of this episode, really just be happy with myself, focus on my actual health, fuel my body well by eating well, and really just try and enjoy the journey and not focus so much on an end goal because there is no end goal. The goal is my life to have a healthy lifestyle. So I think it would be really nice if I was able to decrease my body fat percentage, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But we will see. What alternatives to traditional workouts do you like? Dancing, walking, etc. That's a really good question. Like I mentioned, walking, that's honestly, if if there's something that you can easily get into or if you just kind of feel like you're unmotivated or maybe you've hit a plateau and you're just not really sure what to do, add walking back into your routine. Even if you can't find a treadmill, even if you just need to go around your block or maybe you do have access to a gym, find a way to walk. It doesn't have to be 10,000 steps. Don't worry about how many steps you take. Don't worry about how many miles or kilometers you go. Is that what you guys call it in Europe? (laughs) Don't worry about that kind of stuff. Just walk. Like walking will change your body. Oh my golly. I, I mean this. I so seriously mean this because you will not realize that you're actually working out, but your body, if we're thinking biologically right now, and I'm not a biology major and I could be saying this wrong, but this is from what I know. Our bodies need more oxygen to burn fat. So when we're walking, we have more access to oxygen than let's say if we were running or maybe even if we were doing a harder intensity workout. So walking is a really great way to burn fat. Now that doesn't mean it's the end all be all. And of course, incorporating different types of workouts is really, really effective. But walking, easiest thing you can do for yourself. Any advice on how to stop a sweet tooth? Ah, gosh, I have such a bad sweet tooth. Whether it's actual cookies or candy, I love sour candy. That's my absolute favorite. Or even pretzels, like the amount of pretzels I eat. Sure, that's not a sweet food, but I eat them so much that it's not healthy. (laughs) This is really, really hard because I feel like if you're striving towards a healthy lifestyle, then that means you're going to have balance. And if for you and your mental sanity, you want to have your one piece of chocolate every single night before you go to bed, then heck yes, do that. Like there is nobody stopping you from doing that. You will absolutely still reach whatever goals you have if you're still having your little bit of chocolate every single day. Sometimes for me, I find that if I allow myself one thing of chocolate or something, I end up spiraling and I end up wanting more and more and more and more. And it's almost like you 
get that taste in your mouth and then you're wanting more candy and you honestly can't stop yourself. So I try and make it as situational as possible. Like if my friends and I want to go out for ice cream, that's awesome. I will not stop myself. I'm going to have my dang ice cream cone. But if I'm at home, I'm not going to have a whole packet of Oreos staring at me every single day that I can grab every time I go to the pantry. It's just little things like that that I think can make a big difference. But just remember like eating ice cream, eating chocolate, eating cookies, like that's your life. That's your lifestyle. You you shouldn't stop yourself from eating those kinds of things just because you maybe want to hit a certain fitness goal because otherwise you're going to maybe go down a bad path of considering foods to be bad or good and that's just not healthy for you either. So find a balance that works for you and if that means you're having one piece of chocolate every day or maybe it's just your Friday afternoon tweet, treat, Oh my gosh. You know, I was supposed to go into speech therapy when I was really little, but my mom just didn't really want me to. And I really should have. I every once in a while just slip up, like even on my own name. Like I have a really hard time with R's and W's and those are both in my name. So am I right that you said that you practice intermittent fasting? Can you tell us more about that? Yes, I do practice intermittent fasting. I have been intermittent fasting for maybe six months or so, but previously I've done it for an entire year or I've stopped here and there, but it's just something that ends up working really well with my routine. I don't recommend it for everybody if you are somebody that maybe has varying blood sugar and maybe you always need food at all times or maybe it's just not great for you and your health goals, whatever that might be. But for me, I sometimes end up waking up late so I just naturally will eat later to begin with and I started intermittent fasting solely because I have a very bad problem of eating snacks and unhealthy snacks at that very late at night. So it was kind of an easy way for me to be like, okay, I need to stop eating. There is no purpose for me to continue eating after 8 or 9 p.m. because at that point, I am not feeling my body anymore. I don't need to do anything other than sit around or go to bed. There's no reason to be taking in more energy at this moment. So all I'm doing is just snacking to snack because I was bored. So it was just kind of something that I was really interested in doing because I thought it was going to help me and I think it really has. I've significantly stopped my snacking and I typically start eating around 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. and then I will stop at 8 or 9 p.m. So I have an eight-hour eating window, a 16-hour fasting window. But if you've ever been interested in intermittent fasting, there's so many different variations of fasting that you can do. You can fast for an entire day and then eat for an entire day. You can do a smaller window like 10 hours or 12 hours. It's really just something that is personal preference for you. But I think at the end of the day, the reason that it works for a lot of people is because you're taking in less calories. That's why you might lose weight if you do. But honestly, that really wasn't my intent. I just needed to stop snacking. <laughs> I have a pretzel addiction, everybody. Hello, I am Taylor Woods. How are you getting on with the 75 hard challenge? Great question. I am so excited to finally dive into this once I'm finished with the challenge. I recently told you all on my Instagram that I started 75 hard just over a month ago. So I think I'm on like day 32 or something like that. If you've never heard of the program, I will probably do a full podcast on it because there's so much to be said about it. I will definitely be doing a full YouTube video on it. But if you've never heard of it, basically it is a mentally and physically tough challenge. So there are six things that you need to do every single day. The creator says five, but I really think of them as six. So I say six things that you have to do every single day. If you do not do all six things, then you have to start the program over from day one. No cheating, no ifs, ands, or buts. 
And it's been really, really good for me because it's been something that I really needed. I felt like I needed a change. I felt like my goals were not being set in the right way. I felt like I was doing challenges on YouTube because that was what you all wanted to see, but it wasn't really for me. Again, back to the theme of this podcast. And I needed to do something that was going to make me more mentally tough. And I'm hoping that this program is going to be doing that for me. I'm already feeling a lot more strong, a lot more confident. And it's just really neat to see that I can set my mind to something and stick to it. Well, hopefully. I'm not finished yet, but we're about halfway through. So I will update you all when I'm finished, but it is going pretty darn well. What is your favorite workout app? Like Shreddy or Alive by Whitney, et cetera, et cetera. Shreddy is Grace Beverly's workout app and Alive by Whitney is Whitney Simmons' workout app. And there's so many more to even be added to the list. Personally, I've actually never used Shreddy. I've only ever done Grace's guides solely when they were just Grace's guides. I think I really would love to dive into the app, but I couldn't really speak on it myself. Alive by Whitney, I love because it's just really easy and convenient. And if I just have absolutely no idea what I want to do today or you know, do at the gym, then I'll whip out the app and it's just kind of mindless for me. I think that's a really great option. But I feel like right now I'm just loving Mel Alcantara's workouts on the FitPlan app because they just kick my butt. And I really need that. And yes, it costs money, but a lot of them do. I'm pretty sure actually all of the ones I just mentioned cost money. So I know that not everybody can have that kind of privilege to purchase a workout app. But if you're looking for free workouts, I think Whitney's workouts on her Instagram page are awesome. Mel also has workouts on her Instagram page, which are awesome. Brittany Babe has really good at-home workouts that you can do for free. And she also has her own workout app. But again, that does cost money. This question is, I think you should talk about the mindset of starting a health journey because it is so neglected. And I 400% agree. My next episode, or at least coming up, will be an episode all about body confidence and having this mindset of starting a health journey because that's something that I think just absolutely needs to be talked about more as this question says. The mindset that I had almost my entire life was so unhealthy for me and for my progress because I was never doing something for me. And it wasn't until I started doing things for myself and having a healthier mindset of what I actually am striving for. Am I striving for a great body? Am I striving for a healthy lifestyle? Am I striving for health in general? Until I actually straightened that out, I never saw results. I just never did. And I really want to get more into that in another episode. This question is, what type of diet are you following? I'm not particularly following a diet per se. Right now, I am tracking what I am eating, not in a restrictive way, but literally just writing things down because I feel like that helps me be a little bit more mindful about actually what I am consuming. Because of 75 hard, I am taking away a lot of sugar. I'm taking away alcohol. I am taking away pretty much all snacks because that's just my weakness. And I know myself too well that those things do not help me positively. They can help other people. But for me, I consume them in far too large of quantities. So I guess right now I'm just trying to eat whole foods, whole vegetables, meats and fruits, and just really prioritizing what the food is doing for me and my body like how is it fueling me? And I think that's been really helpful for me. Okay, how do you not feel guilty or not feel like your progress is ruined by eating unhealthy? This is something that is very, 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 very important. And I really want you all to hear this. If you haven't been paying attention, if you've been kind of letting your mind wander, just listen in really, really quick because this is so darn important. Something that I always tell myself is that I will never be healthy by eating 
one salad. If I go an entire month and I only have one salad, I'm not a health queen. I am not the definition of healthy. Now, think about that conversely. If you're eating a big old fat, delicious chocolate ice cream cake on one day of the month or even a few days of the month, you are not unhealthy. Your progress is not ruined. You will not instantly gain back, quote unquote, all of your weight if you've been on a fitness journey. If you have your treats, your favorites, your absolute go-tos once in a blue moon, just like if you have one salad, you're not going to be the definition of health. It works the same way. So remind yourself that all of the time. One salad will not make you healthy. One chocolate cake will not make you unhealthy. It will not make you gain weight. And even if you think that you ate unhealthy and your mind is just kind of wandering and you're like, oh my gosh, what will I do? And then you just kind of go into the spiral and spiral and spiral because trust me, I've been there. First, just take a deep breath drink some water, remind yourself that you are trying to strive for a healthy life. And for me, that means balance. And that means living your life. And those kinds of things I will never compromise. Because a lot of the time that I'm eating cake, or I'm having ice cream, or I'm eating my absolute favorite things, I'm doing it with good company. I'm doing it in good spirits. I'm creating memories. And for me, food has always equated to good memories. And maybe you're the exact same way. Take a deep breath. Just go right back to what you were doing the next day and enjoy yourself. Enjoy those memories and remember that it is a lifestyle. I think that's actually a really good question to end this on because that to me is something that I really want you to always remember. And I am not a fitness trainer. I am not a CPT. I am not a nutritionist. And I'm always just telling you things from my own personal experience. And whether or not you want to take that with a grain of salt, which I definitely think you should, I think it's important that we are talking about these things because a lot of times it just feels taboo. And a lot of times people only show you, you know, your highlights on Instagram or on YouTube and you don't always get the full picture. So I hope that this was able to show you that first and foremost, I'm not perfect. My health journey is not over. This is my entire life that I'm talking about here. And I am continually trying to do the exact same thing that you are. And I'm trying to work towards living a prosperous life. Prosperous meaning healthy, not rich, but you know, that would be kind of cool too. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. Please let me know your thoughts. If you have suggestions for any future episodes, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. My handle is at Taylor Woods with two L's. You can also send in a question to our email, our email. I always fucking say this. Hello at twistypod.com. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Stay tuned for another episode of Don't Get It Twisted, where we're going to get a little bit untwisted, baby. Bye.